All right, we're back. Back again. Yeah, so this is, uh, I think, officially episode nine. Right. Uh, what we're going to talk about today and the strategy we're going to leave our listeners with is a strategy that I learned from my grandmother. Mm. She would give me a verse that was applicable to the situation. And I was always amazed by her ability to uh, do that so quickly. Mm. And uh, just her spiritual power uh, that she got from that was was amazing. So that's really sort of the framework on mm. which this whole conversation is built. Uh, and that framework that she had was built off the Bible itself. So, I mean, you can't go wrong. Right. Can't go wrong with that. You right. Know? This 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 episode is dedicated dedicated to my grandmother. Um, I'm just just really excited to be a part of that uh, dedication. That's awesome. So the formula. So we talk about the formula a lot here at seventeen twenty. If you're not familiar with that, go back and check out episode three. That's where we unpack that. It starts there. But just as a quick refresher, the formula is basically. Forgiveness precedes freedom, a freedom precedes abundance, and then abundance precedes riches. So in that order, that's our formula. Today we're going to, to go and really dig into the step that traps most people. That's freedom. Hmm. Now, experiencing freedom means saying goodbye to something that is just a big deal for us. We love it very much. And that thing is our identity. Hmm. So who we think we are. Now, doing this is going to be a little scary. But it is absolutely necessary if we're going to embrace the abundance and riches God has promised us. So here is how we're going to work through this really tricky situation. Yeah, we're we're attempting to get uh, more professional here. So we actually wrote an outline for today's uh, <laughs> today's talk. It's just such an important talk. We want to make sure we hit all the appropriate beats and 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 points. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about really three things. Uh, one, we're going to be talking about the identity itself. And how the identity um, is a spiritual battle. That is how you define yourself and who you think you are is not a physical battle. It is a spiritual battle. It is the foundation. It is the source of everything you will ultimately do. Mm. So everything is an outflow from your identity Mm -hmm. and identity is a spiritual battle. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the power of the word. Mm. And what the word is useful for in that battle and redefining your identity so that you can ultimately change your life. And then finally, we're going to we're going to give you scriptures for the common stories, the common identities, the common way we talk to ourselves about ourselves. And we're going to go deep into that, get really specific, oh, yeah. and really tactical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if we just track that identity is a spiritual battle. To defeat that, to have victory, is invoking the power of the Word, and we're going to use Scripture to do that. That's right. So let's just go to identity here. What, just, what is it? And let's just open this up a little bit. I'm going to use a definition we've used in the past uh, as how psychology defines identity. This is a quote here. A person's identity is defined as the totality of one's construal, in which how one construes oneself in the present Mm -hmm. expresses the continuity between how one construes oneself as one was in the past and how one construes oneself as one aspires to be in the future. I am what I was Mm -hmm. and what I will be. So in the moment, I'm the outcome of these two things, past and future. That's right. That's sort of the psychology point of view. Mm -hmm. It's really trying to come up with a working definition that you can use to do something. It's um, an active thing. Uh, philosophy, on the other hand, of which I was a philosophy major for like three and a half minutes in college, <laughs> philosophy uh, actually thinks about uh, thinks about this as more of a, a deeper level, right? Not really trying to get to something you can use. They're trying to get to uh, what they would call truth. Philosophy mm-hmm. is sort of the seeking truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, philosophers have come up with sort of two ways to think about identity, and one of them is called the body theory. And the body theory basically says because you are remaining the same body from birth till death, that's, that's where your identity comes from. It's derived from this this um, spaceship you're, you're running around right, in. Right, right. Um, there are some challenges with that theory, uh, and one of the challenges with that theory kind of comes from modern uh, understanding of the way our body functions. Right. Every 10 years, you are essentially a completely new person. Right. 
So if the body theory is to be true, then you would lose your identity essentially every decade. Yeah, so epigenetics <laughs> would show right. up in here, how you right. change by that's environment right. that you can't control. That's right. That's right. So uh, so, so there's some challenges with the body theory. And in, in sort of response to those challenges, a guy named John Locke came up with another theory called the memory theory. And it basically says that identity persists over time because you retain memories of yourself at different points in your history. And each of those memories connect to the one before it. So it's a essentially a chain of events mm-hmm. uh, that you then remember over time. And there are challenges with this. You did not have an identity before you were uh, at, before you had memories. Mm-hmm. So there's uh, at least two or three years of your life which you were identity less because right. you can't remember any of those any of mm-hmm. those times. Things like dementia, as you lose your memory, are you then losing your identity? Then finally, one of the big challenges with memory is memories are really often uh, not accurate. Right. PTSD, other major events in life can actually change your perception of memories. Uh, hypnosis, uh, hypnotherapists will tell you that there are repressed memories mm-hmm. that you don't even know you have that mm-hmm. guide who you are. Mm-hmm. So there's there's challenges with memory theory as well. So you got a body theory, you got a memory theory, you got this idea of projections, which you're taking your past, projecting in the future, and that becomes your identity. Mm-hmm. But all of these uh, psychology and philosophy points of view have changed. There is not a absolute right answer here. Right. The the professionals in the space still today are arguing this concept of mm-hmm. identity. They just have not yet landed on an answer. But there is an answer. Yep. <laughs> uh, the Christian worldview has an answer to this question, uh, and it's one that has not changed. It's right? standard the test of time. It has. Basically, the Christian worldview is in order for your identity to be something of meaning, it must have existed prior to your birth and it must exist after your death. Uh, if it begins at birth and ends at death, we are stuck with really sort of that unsatisfying answer that philosophy and science gives us. It feels empty. It feels, yeah, it feels empty, mm-hmm. right? So, wh- so what does the Bible then say about identity? It kind of blows these two bookends apart, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, birth and death. So, uh, in Genesis one twenty seven, God created man in His own image. In the image of God, He created him, male and female. He created them. We are the image bearer of God. And Jeremiah one five is my favorite. Before mm. I formed you in the womb, so before you were born, right. blowing that bookend completely up. Yeah. Not the outcome of an epigenetic change to the cells of your body. That's right. So he didn't know your flesh because your flesh did not exist mm-hmm. prior to your birth. So he knew you. So there is this concept of identity that is uh, beyond birth and beyond death. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we have that that answer from a Christian worldview, mm-hmm. and then the world happens. When we came into the world inhabiting what the Bible calls our flesh, mm-hmm. and is our flesh that inherits, uh, inherits original sin. Original sin was about choosing an identity that was not the identity God gave us and planned for us. And we're still dealing with that sin now. Yeah, I think that's interesting because I think a lot of people think that, uh, you know, it was they ate an apple and this consumption of fruit was original sin. It really wasn't, right? It really wasn't. It was just right before it. That's right. So at, at, the, at our church, we call it two deals on the table. Right. So Adam and Eve had two deals. On one hand, choose what God had said about them, that they were perfect and good. That's one deal. Or the other, the lie that there was something missing, something that the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil could provide, something the world would be able to provide. And it's this choice, right? It's this choice right here Mm -hmm. that is original sin. Yep. So we've got faith in what God has already said and done, provided, or what we think maybe these lies, these perceptions about what the world could offer us. So they choose the lie. As a result, to this day, our identities can be rooted in one of two places. What the world says about us, our memories, our bodies, or what Christ says about us. We've got just two deals on the table. Right. That's where it comes down to. What I like about that is there was two choices that were made there, right? Uh, that, that original sin is this choice. It is choosing essentially an identity outside of Christ versus the identity that God has actually given us. That is the source of original sin. If that is what original sin is, how do we get out of this mm. 
how do we get out of this this place? Mm-hmm. Luckily, God did provide a way for that, right? And that that way is Christ. Um, and it, it is for this reason that the only way we can get out of this choice that as sons of daughters of Adam and Eve made is through Christ. Mm-hmm. So Romans 6, 6 says, we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to mm. sin. Mm. Enslaved jail cell. That's right. So it's through Christ that we get out of this jail cell, mm-hmm. that we get out of this identity. It's a way of returning or going back mm. uh, to God. In other words, it's it's the way we escape this original sin, this original choice of do I believe in identity the world has for me or do I accept the one that Christ has for mm-hmm. me? And that's why we say your identity is dead and buried with Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if if this is where you find yourself, if some of our listeners find themselves in a place where they're, they're really deciding to make this choice about Christ uh, and accept him, please go back and listen to episode four. Right. We really got in deep into how you accept this and what the process is. I just go back and listen to that episode. Mm-hmm. I'd love to get into it here, but we have so much to mm-hmm. cover today. We, we just can't. So please mm-hmm. go back and listen to episode uh, four. So by the time most of us realize that we need Christ, right, uh, that we've tried this identity on and we just don't like it mm-hmm. uh, and we need Christ, we have essentially lived in our flesh-based identity probably for a long time. Right. Through the process of living in this world, we have a backpack and we've packed tons of stories mm. into this world. And these stories, as we mentioned earlier, make up our identities. Right. Uh, it's what's happened to us in our past, our memories. Um, and then we project that into the future. And we've gone through this process of just picking these things up over and over again and mm-hmm. packing them on. Uh, and while we have accepted Christ, this this the, these stories are still there. Right. And so now what are we going to do about that? The core of these stories, if you sort of look at each of the stories that is a lie, that's not aligned with Christ, mm-hmm. they all sort of have the same core uh, core lie. Right. So we may talk about them slightly differently to ourselves, but they all have sort of the same core lie, and that mm-hmm. is I'm not enough or God is not who he says he is. Right. These were both present in the original story in Genesis mm-hmm. and in original sin. Mm-hmm. I really like your analogy of the backpack and just stuff full of stuff. There's some things at the bottom that are hard to get down to. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, it is impossible to inventory and eliminate all of the stories at once. Like you just don't take off the backpack and right. everything is gone. This is why some are so disillusioned with Christianity and its promise of, kind of quote air quotes here, of instant salvation. Mm-hmm. That's true, but we tend to equate it with an instant change. Yeah. Like I got saved and suddenly I don't have a, a porn addiction. Suddenly I don't have an alcohol addiction. Suddenly I'm nice and kind to everyone because I walked into a church one day and bam, suddenly I have a whole brand new identity mm-hmm. and you are absolutely instantly saved. There's yep. no doubt about mm-hmm. that. You're instantly saved. But this instant change for some people, it happens sort of like a lottery ticket. Yep. I've heard of it happening, yep. mm-hmm. but I think most people have sort of a different experience with it. Yeah, them. right. So the experience would be something like this: life prevent, uh, presents you with a new experience. Now, experiences and hard self-reflection are the only ways to surface those old stories. Yeah. So as you go through life, you're, you're not going to immediately know what's at the bottom of your backpack. Mm-hmm. You sort of know as you encounter something in life, and it goes, "Oh yeah, remember this story." Oh, yeah, I remember this story. Mm-hmm. As a result, the process of eliminating those old stories is not a one-time event. Right. As you level up in life, you are confronted with an old narrative. And that must be exchanged for your new identity in Christ over and over and over. If we are to change, if things are going to get any better, we must continually align ourselves with the identity in Christ. Mm-hmm. Now, this is this is normal, and it's okay. And we're going to talk about ways to accelerate that process. I think a lot of people, they'll get frustrated because they've made some sort of progress and then they find themselves uh, in, a, in, a, in a limiting narrative, a limiting identity again. Yep. This is going to be a process. Mm-hmm. It's, going to be, it's going to take you time to get through some of these stories. And if you're sort of at an acute point in your life, if you're feeling, uh, for example, suicidal, mm-hmm. there's certainly something you can do about that. And I think psychology uh, pr- presents a lot of a, mm-hmm. a lot of perspectives mm-hmm. on that. Yeah. And it's not a bad idea to seek professional help if that's where you find yourself. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but that being said, I think psychology sort of has its limitations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because you end up with, uh, we, we unpacked it before, between the Christian worldview versus what else is out there. So the world, mm-hmm. right? So from the psychology perspective, so if we just unpack this a little bit, there are several goals here, among others. But a primary goal in psychology would be to assist people in creating a new life story, mm-hmm. right? So re- reframing new narratives, all right? I, I, we acknowledge that, absolutely. Providing symptom relief in a brief time. It's like an aspirin. Yeah, boom. Take it. Feel better right That's now. Right. But we didn't change what was underneath that. We just felt better now. Now, help people create solutions to their problems, increasing their awareness of themselves, both in, in what they're thinking, their cognitive process, or emotionally, what they're feeling. In this last statement, a person is left with two choices, ignoring old stories and lies and focusing on relieving the symptom. So we can do that, and it's just every time something comes up, oh, I need to feel better. Mm-hmm. Right? That's the outcome. I'm going to use something to do that. Or so I've been given a technique or an approach to sort of deal with this Mm -hmm. acute problem I'm currently having. Yes, I'm going to connect, I feel or I think, and I don't want those feelings and thoughts, so I'm going to use a technique to feel better, Mm -hmm. right? So there's nothing changing where those thoughts and feelings are coming from. Right. Not, it's not that identity, which is the outflow, which Mm -hmm. is where these things are really coming from, but Mm -hmm. there's a way to sort of deal with it in the moment. It's a set of training wheels, if you will, Mm -hmm. but you're not fixing your balance. Right. Yes. Great analogy. Absolutely. Here's the other option. We can go back to the root of the lie or lies they were told. Now we can unpack who told it to them, what the person's relationship was with that person, how it made them feel. Mm-hmm. So we can get into all of that. Right. And we're now we're getting to, to those activating things that cause a person to feel and think. And by unpacking that better, we can better understand the unhealthy coping mechanisms the person had developed to protect themselves from people like the person who hurt them or the pain the lie caused. Now, either way, the question of identity is still on that table. Yeah, because you, you're fixing sort of the the, the reaction, mm-hmm. uh, but you're not really dealing with who you are. Right. And so one of the challenges with that is without a true source of truth, uh, these lies, they can continue to persist, even if you get good at dealing with them. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you can either change the reaction to it. You can change how you feel after the reaction happened. That's, But it's still, right, the identity, the cause underneath all of that is still on the table. It hasn't been answered yet. That's right. And 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 that can be quite exhausting because you're living what is essentially a three-level life at that point. You have your your core identity, you have the problem in the middle, and then you have a coping mechanism on the far end of that, mm-hmm. and you're constantly traversing mm-hmm. this this deal, and you're putting a ton of in- energy into that. Now, what I think what's cool about Christ, while sometimes this is not instantaneous, as we already just mentioned, mm-hmm. we actually find in Christ, we find a different, more proactive, more powerful, mm-hmm. more effective tool, mm-hmm. and that tool is the Word of God. The Bible refers to the Word as a sword. It is an offensive weapon. It is powerful and capable of instantly crushing these lies, these core lies that make up an identity that is not aligned mm-hmm. with Christ. Mm-hmm. It makes you a warrior, not mm. a victim. Mm. But only if you take the time to train and learn to wield that sword effectively. Mm. You know, you give a gun or a sword to someone and they don't have training, they're liable to cut your head off, the heads of the people that they love, (laughs) uh, or hurt themselves very badly. So it's Mm -hmm. really important to take the time to train with this sword. Mm -hmm. There was actually a book that that did a pretty good job of putting all the pieces together. It was called The Armor of God. It's real popular. It seems like I've been hearing a lot about it even more lately, even Mm -hmm. though it was written a while ago. Mm -hmm. But it was based off a verse or verses in the Bible is Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. Mm -hmm. I want want you to just read this because it's really interesting, especially when it comes to identity and where this battle is really taking place. Yeah. Uh, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God and ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the the evil day, and have done all to stand. Stand, therefore, 
having the waist wrapped with truth and having the on the breastplate of righteousness and on the feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace above all taking the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all of the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and here it is and the sword of the spirit which is the word of god praying always with all prayer and supplications to the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So there's a lot here. Um, oh, it's huge. One of the things, we, we mentioned earlier that your identity was established and God knew you before you were born. The fight for your identity mm-hmm. is a spiritual fight. And what I like about Ephesians six ten through 18 is it highlights the fact that the battle is truly a spiritual battle. Right. And in a spiritual battle, while you can certainly learn tactics in this world to, to better manage yourself, those training wheels, what you want is you want a strong spiritual foundation, mm-hmm. and the tools you use to create that are spiritual tools. Mm-hmm. And the one we're going to focus on today is the sword, yes. uh, which, again, is both an offensive and a defensive weapon. We're going to talk about it in the offensive context mm-hmm. Uh, but it's the Word of God that is ultimately the sword. Mm-hmm. We have a really phenomenal example of right. someone wielding this sword in a way that is just hard, I mean, just amazing, it, and it's Jesus. Uh, so Jesus is about to go to crucifixion. He knows it's coming. He goes into the desert to fast for 40 days. While he is out there, and, and keeping in mind, I mean, you got to imagine 40 days of fasting, <laughs> just physically weak. Uh, oh, yeah. He's alone in Ooh. the right. He's alone in the desert. He has no support system mm-hmm. around him, mm-hmm. and he's out there, really reflecting on this incredibly difficult task that's about to come his way. Mm. And so he's weak. He's probably as weak as he's ever been throughout mm-hmm. his entire walk on the planet. Mm-hmm. Not as weak as he's about to be, but certainly as weak as he's ever been. And this is sort of the Super Bowl of games for. For Satan, mm-hmm. this is his chance to come against Jesus and take him out before he does the one thing that will change the world forever. Right. This is his chance. Mm-hmm. This is he could literally, if he can win this battle, it changes everything. Mm-hmm. So you got to figure Satan brings his A game. Oh yeah. Right. I'm not going to say he's the Patriots, but whatever. <laughs> he brings his A game right. uh, to to this uh, to the Super Bowl mm-hmm. to this big giant fight. Yeah, and just to set that back, uh, just to stand it up right here, Jesus, his body is incredibly weak. Mm. He's got crucifixion on his mind. Mm. So we've got body and mind. Uh, everything that hits us in this world is magnified on Jesus right now. Yeah, and he's carrying it all. Mm-hmm. So the devil decides now's the time to strike, uh, and he comes at his attack, and he attacks the, uh, Jesus in three ways. The first thing that the devil does is he attacks Jesus' identity. The devil says, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Now, Jesus responds, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Mm. Guess what? That is one Jesus, zero the devil. Mm-hmm. Right? He just puts up his first win. Mm-hmm. But the devil, uh, he's not done. He comes back and he attacks God's identity. And he says, Throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command the angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Hmm. And Jesus responds, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. That's to Jesus, zero Satan. So he comes after him one more time, Hmm. and he tries to hijack Jesus' identity by offering something better, Mm -hmm. just like he did in the garden. Mm -hmm. He says, here's something better. Yep. So the devil says, all this I will give to you if you will bow down and worship me. Mm. Jesus says, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. What? Jesus does here, and get, keep in mind who Jesus is. He could have turned around and backhanded the devil into oblivion mm-hmm. in this moment. He is powerful enough mm-hmm. to do that, but instead he turns to the word of God. Mm. And with only three strikes of the sword, which is the word of God, mm-hmm. Satan loses probably the most important yep. battle 
yep. of his career. Yep. So there is a uh, psychology framework. It's the ABC framework, mm-hmm. uh, which is basically some uh, some action or uh, what's what's the A? It's, uh, yeah, activating event. Yeah, there's some activating event. There's some belief, and then there's some essentially outcome. Mm-hmm. There's something that you do, which is mm-hmm. the C. What does the C stand for? Yeah, emotional consequence. Yeah, consequence. There's something that he ultimately does. Mm-hmm. But what we see here is Jesus is really doing something very interesting. He's taking that pause in mm-hmm. the middle, and instead of just, like I said, backhanding the devil into oblivion, he is using the word of God in that B step. Mm-hmm. Could you maybe just talk a little bit about the ABC yep. step? I think it's such an important concept mm-hmm. because it really tells us where we should be using the sword of God. So mm-hmm. we've seen that uh, this is a spiritual battle for identity. Mm-hmm. We've seen that Jesus uses the word to to wage this war and mm-hmm. that it is actually a sword. Now the question is in our lives, what's a tactical place? Where do mm-hmm. we use this? Yeah, so let me just give you the, the little concept here. And I've got some examples. Um, ABC. So activating event. What we're saying here is life happens. You're in the world. So situations, events, uh, day-to-day deals they go down that's your a that's the beginning we we tend to skip right over the b section which is the beliefs you have about what just happened what should happen what shouldn't happen you have a whole bunch of beliefs about the world that you have some are hardwired some are these you've done it so many times you just know it and you don't even think about it. Yeah, the, the brain is like this amazing computer and it's always trying to reduce your cognitive load or the amount of things you have to think about in the world. So it creates these pathways uh, that this happens and I do this. Mm-hmm. This is a great, uh, this is a, a very important uh, feature of our brain. It keeps us from, you know, uh, back in the day from getting eaten by wolf or whatever, like, <laughs> yeah. oh, noise in the bush, run, right? <laughs> right, without having to do that thinking process. Mm-hmm. But, it, but it also can serve to cause us a lot of challenges in, in the real complicated world we live in today. Right, because it's, I don't have to think about it. My body reacts and responds, and I have a feeling about it. Mm-hmm. So we've just unpacked ABC. So something happens. There's a belief system that you hold, and maybe it's so well-oiled in that machine that you've, you're stuck in that you don't even think about why you get angry, you get sad, you have low self-worth, you have all of these emotional consequences. Mm-hmm. And I'm listing off the negatives there. Something happens, I have this lie-based belief system, and I have a bad emotional, an an emotional consequence that I don't want. Mm -hmm. Now, the cool thing is if you just flip it, we can say the exact same thing. When we put what God says, what's true about the identity we already have. In Christ. We already have it. Then the emotional consequence is amazing. It's confidence, security, it's comfort. We're good. I'm good. God's got me. Versus... I'm not enough. He won't. So really that B is like a filter. And if it's the wrong filter, if it's a lie, if it's Mm -hmm. not true, then we really have this consequence that we don't want. Yeah. And I think the devil does a real good job at keeping that out of our visual awareness, getting it out of our awareness itself. And he doesn't want you to know that there's, there's a switch or a knob you could turn there in the middle. He would much prefer you to define yourself. And I like you use this concept a lot, which is, you call it for for a uh, person first language, mm-hmm. and it is the difference between uh, saying I am angry, mm-hmm. which means I am angry. Yeah. I am the angry person. Yes, uh, you vers- find yourself as identity angry, angry versus I am a person who is currently feeling angry. Mm-hmm. And there's a huge important difference there, mm-hmm. uh, and that difference is the B step. Yep, it is recognizing that there's a little something there in the middle mm-hmm. that is the difference between what the the actual consequence or the outcome is. Yeah, yeah, and this is where the sword lands right here. This is where the big wielding and chopping occurs. Let me let me give you an example here. Uh, here's a quote: I called him three times, and he hasn't called me back, and I'm really hurt and sad. Let's take a moment and consider this. Why, why would she feel hurt and sad? Mm. You know, she had, something happened, she called, and nothing was returned. And then the emotional consequence is hurt and sadness. There's identity that shows up here. She has interpreted this event and created a whole concept around it mm-hmm. instantaneously. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. There's always those three parts to the story, and it happens every day. Something happens to us. We have an emotional response to the situation. I, I called him. He didn't call me back. I'm really hurt. I'm sad. 
But what's not clear right here, if we just focus in on it, are the old stories, the lies, false beliefs that we hold. And we hold on to those, and and they cause the things that we don't want. That's where we can pull out the sword, Mm -hmm. and that's where we use it to change that identity, that lie, Mm -hmm. uh, and and align it with Christ's identity for ourselves. Mm -hmm. So I want to get real tactical. Mm -hmm. The lie, there's really a soundtrack. Mm that plays for so many people in so many different ways you touched on, Mm -hmm. but there are so many of them. And I think part of the problem with some of these talks like this is we struggle to emotionally connect. Mm. You know, I heard those two stories, but those aren't my stories. Yep. But I think there are really three sort of themes to these Mm -hmm. stories. And I want to talk about each of them. One of them is I'm not enough. The other one is a procrastination theme. Mm -hmm. And then the other one is about others and image. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of the three themes. These three themes produce a very specific soundtrack, and that soundtrack sort of sounds like what we're about to read. Mm -hmm. And when we read this, uh, just take a pause and just feel what it's like when you hear this. Uh, Let your just be aware what your mind is trying to tell you. You might have a new theme that shows up for you, but just just be aware of what you feel, what you hear. Yeah, be honest with yourself. Really lean into this Mm -hmm. and just, is this a story that you've heard yourself tell yourself? Uh, And then we're not going to leave you there. We're going to give you the sword. Yeah. So let's just talk about the soundtrack. Mm -hmm. Let's see if you identify with any of these. And then we're going to give you a specific sword for this particular soundtrack. So I'm going to go ahead and start. I am not somebody who follows through. I'm a quitter. I don't finish things. I am lazy. I'm not an expert. I don't have the skills. I don't know enough. I'm not worth it. I don't deserve money, recognition, success, forgiveness, love, or happiness. I'm not a numbers, a business person. I don't have the willpower. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm not original enough. I don't feel like I could give enough value. I am too shy. I'm not creative. So maybe as we read that, you found yourself there. You you recognized one of the many versions of Mm -hmm. the I'm not enough soundtrack. There are really two very important lies that are a part of the I'm not enough soundtrack. Uh, And I want to sort of unpack them. One of them is you either don't understand who you are in Christ uh, or you think you have to be enough to achieve your dreams and desires. Mm -hmm. So there's two there. Yeah. Who are you? And is, if and, and am I big enough to achieve my dream? Mm-hmm. Now, the who are you one, uh, God has a very specific word, a sword, mm. that I want you to listen to this word and, again, put it in your heart, put it in the sheath of your heart, and be ready to use it when someone tells you, tries to redefine who you are with one of these stories. Yeah, so here's two swords. We'll start with the first. First Peter 2.9. I am a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his possession, that I may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. Mm. The second is Galatians 3.26. For in Jesus Christ, I am a son or daughter of God through faith. So if Satan comes to you, and he's playing these stories for you. You've accepted Christ. You're a new identity in Christ. You have a new identity in Christ. And Satan has started to play these old stories mm-hmm. for you. He's reminding you what's in your backpack. You can pull out one of these two swords at that B stage. Yep. Take right? a pause. Take a pause. Take a beat. And play this back. Mm-hmm. It worked for Jesus. <laughs> I am a son of God. That's who I am. That's who I am. I am a royal priest. <laughs> I am a holy nation. That's who I am. I'm called. I'm not in darkness. I'm in His light, and I'm a son. That's who I am. Yeah. So the other one, 
which is the idea that you're not enough for your dream. This one's particularly interesting is because it's probably true. Mm -hmm. If your dream is big, you are probably today not enough Mm -hmm. to achieve that dream. And if you are, probably you need a bigger dream. Yeah. Frankly. Absolutely. So what you're going to do here, and again, this is not about your identity anymore. This is about a skill set. Do you have the skills? Do you have the capabilities? Do you have the ability? Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's what this is about. So it's two different things in the I'm not enough category, right? So first of all, you're going to recognize that you not being enough is okay. Mm -hmm. It's going to be okay. And then you're going to pull out one of these two swords, memorize these, and be prepared to pull them out whenever this happens. Yep. So when you hear this, you're not enough and that's okay. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Isaiah 40.29, he gives strength to me, the weary, and increases the power of the weak. Wow. So it's okay you're not enough because the guy who's traveling this trail with you, he is absolutely enough. 100% of the time, every time. You leave your dream in his feet. You do what you're supposed to do every day. He'll add in the enough. Yep. So when mm-hmm. Satan comes to you and he says, you know, you're not enough. You're not enough. Oh, you want to go? You want to go to Honduras and help? Oh, you're not enough. Mm. You're not enough to go help kids. Right. What do you have to offer? You look back at him and you say, I can do all things mm. through Christ who strengthens me. Because in my weakness, I'm made strong because he gives me strength, the weary. That's me. Mm-hmm. And in that, my power is increased. Man. Book your ticket to Honduras and go. Yep. Do what you got to do. Mm-hmm. So there's another, again, I told you there was three themes. The other theme is a procrastination, not me, not now is sort of how that ultimately mm-hmm. plays itself out. Mm-hmm. And here again, just take a moment, listen to this soundtrack. If you find yourself in this soundtrack, we're going to not leave you here. Mm-hmm. Jesus, God doesn't leave you in this place. We're going to give you a way out with, with scripture. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to just go ahead and start. So. Uh, I am a procrastinator. I don't have time. People like me, we don't chase our dreams. Somebody has thought of this before. Other people can probably do it better than me. My idea is weird. It's not the norm. What is meant to be, it'll happen. I don't have to take action. I don't know where to start. Oh man, I'm I'm just I'm just not motivated. I'm happy with how things are now. I I don't even know what I want. Yeah, now's not the time. Hmm. So If you found yourself in that place where you are a not me, not now space, the Bible has a lot to say about procrastination. It really honestly does. I want you to know that that place, that procrastination space, it's a dangerous place to be. The Bible speaks about it over and over again, and you need to get out of it. And we're going to give you the sword to get out of it. Mm -hmm. Right. But let me just say what the Bible has to say. And like I said, most of it's warnings. Um, in Ecclesiastes eleven four, it says, "He who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap." Proverbs ten four says, "Lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth." Our Proverbs fourteen twenty three, all hard work brings pro- brings a profit, but mere talk leads to poverty. So we see a couple things here. Again, you're not going to be able to guess when to start. So the answer is start now. Right. And the Bible is very clear. Not starting is a problem. Mm-hmm. And starting leads to success. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So overcoming procrastination is not about getting the timing right. <laughs> it's about being bold and taking action in Christ now. Mm-hmm. Uh, matter of fact, there's real bad things will happen if you don't. Mm-hmm. Taking action is the key not procrastination. Yeah, just like standing there at the edge of the field to sow, but you're observing the wind. You're like, oh, I don't know if tomorrow's going to be, oh man, it's probably going to snow tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't plant now. Mm-hmm. You got to take action. To help you take action uh, and to, to, to change your identity from right. someone who procrastinates, I want you to hide these verses in your heart. All right, so we got Hebrews 13, verse 6. So we can confidently say, The Lord is my helper. 
I will not fear. What can man do to me? So mm. all of those old stories had a lot to do with I'm not going to because something's going to happen to me. The other one, Joshua 1, nine, Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Mm. Right, so take those. Anytime you feel this feeling... I want you to memorize those, pull it back out, realize that now is the time and that God is going to be with you and you can be successful. Do not procrastinate any longer. Yep. Your battle's spiritual. The Lord is your helper. Be strong and courageous because he's with you. God's with you wherever you go. That's right. So finally, we're going to end on this one, which is this idea of image, uh, which is really a statement about what other people think about me, defining your identity in relationship to this idea of what others think about me. Which is all a perception. That's right. And if you go all the way back again to Genesis, here's this idea of you getting your identity from the world versus from God. You're getting your identity from others. But I'm just going to play this soundtrack. Just take a moment. See if any of this resonates with you. See if this is where your struggle is. And if it is, we're going to give you what you need to, uh, to battle your way out of this. People will judge me. I will look foolish. I will sound stupid. People won't take me seriously because I'm I'm female, I'm male, I'm young, I'm old, I'm fat, I'm thin. People will, re- will reject me. Nobody cares what I have to say. Why would anybody listen to, buy, from, or hire me? Nobody's interested in my ideas. Nobody would want what I have to offer. So if this is where you you find yourself, the greatest prison people live in is the fear of what other people think. Conversely, one of the greatest mental freedoms is truly not caring what anyone else thinks of you. Mm -hmm. We can access this freedom when we realize what God knows about you is more important than what others think about you. And um, I'm a, I was always a big fan of Apple and Steve Jobs, and he, was very, he had a really dark side. But, mm-hmm. but his vision for the future, uh, I always really I dug it. Mm-hmm. I really dug mm-hmm. it. He was always about empowering people to create amazing things. And he had a 1997 commercial called The Crazy Ones. Uh, and here's just a little quote from that commercial, and it's why you shouldn't worry what other people think. And it says, here's to the crazy ones. They push the hu- human race forward. And while some may see them as the crazy ones, we see genius. Because as the people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do. So take heart, right? If people think you're nuts, good. You're exactly what we need. You are different because God put you here to do something very specific mm-hmm. that only you can do. Embrace your difference. Yes, And when this soundtrack plays, when Satan tries to jack with your identity, here are two verses, two swords that you can keep. Memorize them, put them in the sheath of your heart, use them in that B moment whenever that soundtrack plays. 1 Corinthians one twenty-seven. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame. Shame the strong. Galatians 1.10 If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. So the first one really gets me in a deep place because if you're going to wise people, asking them if your idea is foolish, <laughs> uh, good news if they tell you it is. Yes. Because God uses foolish things mm. to shame the wise. Mm. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. Mm. Man, I tell you, if that is not a reason to be different, if that is not a reason to embrace your unique place and a freeing concept that you know you can go forward, that God has a place for you, that you're here for a reason, these two swords, just pull them out and just slay Mm. the devil in his tracks. Mm. And we have one more soundtrack. I think a lot of people, based off where they're born or maybe the type of environment they grow up in, 
they think they're these kind of people and these kind of people are the kind of people where success is just not for them. Mm -hmm. That's for other people. It's not for me. Mm -hmm. And this soundtrack sounds a lot like these. Take a moment, listen as we read them, see if any of this resonates with you and we'll give you the sword. The people who are successful in this area, they're out of my league. I'm not going to be successful, so there's no point in trying. People like me don't build businesses, become entrepreneurs, or be successful. I tried it before and failed, so I'll fail if I try again. Well, I can't because I've got kids and job and responsibilities. If I could just break free of this, maybe, but it's not for me. Hmm. I'm just stuck. Why? There's no point. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough support. I don't have enough connections. I don't. You know what? That's just not me. So hidden in these lies are our key, two key issues. One, the plan for you is not success and happiness. He doesn't want you to be happy. Or two, even if you try, he's not going to show up. Yep. There's abundance and scarcity right here. Oh, my gosh. Both of these are spiritual lies that have been around since the beginning of time. They were used by Satan in Adam's fall and used again in the desert with Jesus. Mm -hmm. But just as Jesus did, we can combat these lies with just a few verses. (laughs) And here they are. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in a future. Psalms 18.35, having guaranteed victory, you have given me your shield of victory. Your right hand sustains me. You stoop down to make me great. Romans 8.28, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purposes. If you are looking to God... If you're looking to God for your source of identity, you can trust he absolutely wants the best for you, and you can trust that he is going to show up. You can blow these two lies that success is not for you Mm -hmm. out of the water with these verses, take any one of them, memorize them, put them in your heart, and be ready in that B moment, Mm. right? That moment after the action has occurred and you start to play this story, go, hang on a second. Let me tell you who I am. Let me tell you what God has to say about me. Yeah, right here, right? Because I have a plan for me to prosper and not harm, prosper, and I've got hope for that future. I have guaranteed I have guaranteed victory, mm. right? And he's going to sustain and he's going to come to me. And then all these things, everything that happens, all those events that happen, they're all for my good because I love God. And it's his purpose. And here I am. I just have, I have three simple swords. Boom. You're going to win that battle. So just some closing thoughts. Uh, Through our forgiveness in Christ, you are absolutely a new creation. All the stories you tell yourself are dead and buried, but it is a spiritual battle, and Satan loves reminding you of Mm -hmm. these stories. The good news is spiritual battles can be fought and won with a sword, and that sword is the Word of God. Just as Jesus did in the desert, you don't have to memorize and quote the entire Bible. Now, you should absolutely read and study the Bible, Mm -hmm. but you only need a like three. <laughs> Jesus did it in three right? at the Super Bowl. Jesus did it in three. Uh, you only need a few verses to win a spiritual war with the devil. We And we, we gave you, you know, mm-hmm. some really good swords, mm-hmm. some verses here. Write them down. Carry it on a card. Memorize them. A sword, a sword is no good if you leave it at home and the battle is at the grocery store. Right. Okay? Yep. You've got to have it with you. If you find yourself in this place... And if you would like to receive daily encouragement and customized coaching, uh, we are looking for a limited number of people to join our first coaching cohort, a group of people that we're going to really, we're going to pour into. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're going to hear a lot more about this Mm -hmm. extremely soon. Mm -hmm. However, we sort of expect space to fill up pretty Mm -hmm. quickly in this uh, cohort. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's free. So get that out of the way. Uh, but we would like people to, if you're interested, again, if you're in these battles, if this is where you live and you would just like some daily encouragement that's customized to your situation, we would love to help you out. Now, mm-hmm. we've given you the formula here. Yep. 
you know, you can take this and you can do it on your own. Mm-hmm. We just want to ultimately help. Yep. Uh, so 1720.org forward slash coaching. Go there, sign up. We'll get you in a cohort and we'll start to feed you daily encouragement uh, that will keep you on track as you fight these battles. We are so excited and so pumped mm-hmm. for Christians to discover and Basically, all of their actions become an outflowing of the identity Christ has for them. Because if we can make that happen, the world, I mean, we're talking about changes changes on a massive level. And today, today in our current society, we need that more than ever. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited about that. Mm -hmm. I hope people will go uh, sign up. If not, bare minimal. Find where you are in one of these stories. Mm -hmm. Write down the verse and you in that B moment you're ready to pull that sword out and slay the lie that Satan is telling you. So you guys have spent another hour with us, which we really appreciate. Um, uh, If you're not already a subscriber to the podcast, please subscribe and send this podcast. If this story, if you know someone who needs to hear this specific story, Mm -hmm. please send this podcast to them. Let them get connected. We're going to keep pouring into people because that's where God has put our hearts uh, remember to leave us a review. If you have not, we've appreciated the reviews we've already gotten. We put a lot of work into this podcast. We pray. We try to really get our hearts in the right place before we come mm-hmm. here into this room. If you would just do us a favor and write us a review, that really helps get this podcast in, in the hands of people who may not get it sent to them or whatever from other people. You can find all of our links at 1720.org forward slash podcast. Uh, we're also out there on YouTube, but you can get to there from that, that link. And finally, be sure to follow our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash 1720.org. And remember the .org is actually in that URL, uh, and subscribe to our newsletter at 1720.org. Martin, thank you so much for spending a little bit of an extended period of time here today. Uh, but this is really powerful stuff. This, this, so in the formula, this is how you take control of Mm -hmm. the freedom step. Yep. Right. This is how you go. You go from forgiveness to freedom and really start to set yourself up for that abundance phase. It is an absolute spiritual battle. These are the tools to do it. I just I appreciate so much your time and really digging into this with me today. Yeah, absolutely. Because when you when you bump into freedom, then you find scarcity or you find abundance. Mm. And when you look at our verses here that are the the weapons of choice in those moments when your identity is being attacked, then the abundance is available immediately. That's right. Thank you so much, guys. And Justice, thanks for running our board again. Uh, We appreciate your time and look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Absolutely. Adios.